Okay, well, um, thank you for um, joining us today. My name is Hilda Zuniga. I'm with the Fort Worth Water Department. And our podcast today has to deal with medication. And that medication that we have at home that we're not using, that has expired, and it's just sitting there in the medicine cabinet, what should we do with that? And you might ask yourselves, you know, what does that have to do with water? Well, it has to do a lot with water. And we're going to tell you in just a minute what exactly that entails. But before I go on, I would like to introduce Lisa Sullivan from the DEA. Lisa? Hi. Um, as you said, I'm, I'm Lisa Sullivan. With, I'm the Diversion Program Manager here in the Dallas Field Division with the Drug Enforcement Administration. Um, so excited to be here with you guys to discuss this, this program that's been going on now for 10 years. Uh, it's a phenomenal way to get the drugs off the streets and, of course, out of the water system. Um, I, I cover the uh, North Texas and Oklahoma area that deals with specifically pharmaceuticals. Uh, most people think of DEA as the ones who are, you know, taking, crashing down through the doors, taking down the cartel. Uh, you see it on TV, taking off the, you know, the, the cocaine dealer. And that's absolutely a part of it. The, the other part is a regulatory, uh, the, the doctors and the pharmacists and the distributors that actually make legitimate pharmaceuticals that have an actual purpose. And then of course, um, to make sure that those legitimate pharmaceuticals are not diverted into the illicit market where they end up getting abused and used. And um, then we have this incredible program, a community outreach program. And that's what actually has brought me here today. One of the things that the community outreach uh, supports is this national pharmaceutical take back initiative. Uh, we have done, like I said, a phenomenal job over the last 10 years. Our, uh, our first event was in September of 2010. At that point, huh? I remember that one. <laughs> we were, yes. Everybody was so nervous, but it was, it was, we were very surprised of the amount of, of pharmaceuticals that people just brought. Well, yeah, yes. Yeah, we were. And then the funny thing is, is that at that point, because remember, this is just North Texas and Oklahoma. We only had 19 sites signed up for the entire area and we got 3,778 pounds. And we thought, wow, that's just amazing. Look how much people had in their medicine cabinet. Yep. Well, fast forward to last October in the middle of a pandemic, we had 146 sites and we collected 45,937 pounds. Wow. So makes our, makes our first event look very, very small. Um, but the, like, as I said, it continues to, it continues to grow. Uh, Fort Worth has participated uh, either with the Fort Worth Police Department or the, the Tarrant County Sheriff's Office since the very beginning. Yes. Mm -hmm. And um, even, even Fort Worth, uh, their, their very first one, they had, uh, I guess it was like 100 pounds. Um, and then the, the second event where the PD participated, there was 422 pounds. Last event... Uh, over 2,000 pounds. So yeah, it's a lot. And I remember the very first one, which we did um, aside from the Tech Back federal government uh, event, 
It was in November and um, we had students from um, TCU, uh, nursing students, and they were so excited because they got to uh, separate those pharmaceuticals that are controlled and those that are not. Uh, but then the next year or the following event, which was then we join you, um, we, we didn't get those students. So everybody was just, you know, we don't have that expertise of knowing which is controlled and which is not. If it's sitting in someone's cabinet, it, it's a risk for anybody, right? Absolutely. So obviously from a DEA standpoint, we want to get the opioids and the drugs of abuse off the street. But you are right. Whatever is sitting in your medicine cabinet is a risk because unfortunately these kids have no idea if they're going through mom's or grandma's cabinet, they're just grabbing a handfuls of stuff. And so if you're taking say, um, a heart medication, and then one of your friends brings a controlled substance, the combination of those two, or even the heart medication on its own can have negative exactly. impact on these children. Exactly. And so. that's where um, Samantha St. John from Cook Children's, uh, who's also joining us today, comes in. Absolutely. Samantha. Yeah, so I'm Samantha St. John. I'm the program coordinator for the child safety team at Cook Children's. And our goal as a team is to prevent unintentional injuries in children. And of course, one of those being um, unintentional poisonings. Um, so we really do focus on getting rid of those medications and kind of getting them out of houses, just, just like you guys have been talking about. Exactly. Um, sidebar, Hilda, did you want me to go into the message now? <laughs> Sure, go ahead. Yes. Okay. I didn't know if we were just doing introductions real quick or the full message. <laughs> no, I apologize. Right. It's a discussion. It's a, it's just... a discussion. Perfect. So, um, so like I said, one of our focuses is preventing poisons by those medications and other household items. So when we're talking to parents, we're really talking about safe dosing, safe storage, and safe disposal. Um, and when I say parents, I mean any caregiver, because we're also talking about grandparents, friends, relatives, just like you guys mentioned. Um, for safe dosing, we wanna make sure that children are given the correct dose that their physician prescribed or that you know it says on the side of a bottle. So we do this by using those measuring tools that are provided with the medication. So you know, medications come with syringes, measuring cups, um, different things like that. We wanna encourage parents to only use those that come with the medication because often, and I know that I was one of those children as well, was given medications with kitchen spoons, um, but kitchen spoons come in various sizes. Um, and so you're never gonna get the exact dosage with a kitchen spoon. Um, we also encourage parents to like write down their medication schedule um, for their child, set alarms on their phone, just some way of reminders, setting those reminders of when medications are given, therefore avoiding you know, giving it too soon or giving it later. Um, and of course, if families ever have questions on medication dosage, and I think this goes not just for children, but across the board, um, always call their pharmacist, their pediatrician or their physician, um, or even the poison control center. They are there to answer questions, um, whether even before an event happens, because we get that a lot. People think the poison control center is just there to um, answer or to help in emergency situations or after an accidental poisoning, but they're not. You can call them in the middle of the night, 24 hours a day. They can answer all those questions for you as well. 
Um, I mentioned safe storage. So it's important to keep those items, those medications locked up and out of reach of kids. Because one thing we always like to say is child proof does not mean child resistant. Childproof is just simply going to slow a child down from getting access to that medication, and it slows them down, hopefully, long enough for a parent to intervene. So that's why it's really important to um, keep those medications locked up in a way, because just because it says childproof does not mean that a child can't get into it. Um, I have a two-year-old who can break into anything, um, including a, um, a bottle, a medicine model that he was given, which should not have happened. That's a whole nother story. <laughs> but simple twist top and it opens right up. Right? Persistence, right? Persistence is the key to it. Persistence is the key to everything. You keep trying, you keep trying. Eventually you will know how to open. Oh, absolutely. And these kids are so smart and they climb. They climb on things. So that's why we say even up out of reach. I mean, I have a two-year-old that will, is a jungle gym. He can, anything's a jungle gym. He's going to climb up on cabinets. He's going to climb anywhere. Um, so that's why we even encourage them to lock medications away. So for example, lock boxes, we really push. There's lock boxes out there that have combination codes or key codes. So even if they do climb, they do reach it. They're not breaking into that. You're just creating those different layers to avoid them getting those medications. That's a great idea. So what do you think, do you know where people can grab one of those boxes? Absolutely, so there are um, different types. So there's even lock bags. So they can find them at pharmacies is a, a common place. We also have a program with Cook Children's. If parents attend um, some of our education, our poison prevention education, they can walk away with a free lock box after attending that. So, um, but pharmacies are a great place to, fi to find those um, lock boxes, or like I said, bags that have locks on them. They're very similar. Or even if parents will just lock them away in cabinets. So putting a childproof lock on a cabinet um, again, not, not going to totally stop them, but at least it, it adds that layer to it. At least till we have our next Take Back event, which is April 24th. Absolutely, absolutely. And that was my last part, that safe disposal. You guys have mentioned it, and I know we're probably going to say it more times. If it's in your house, it's increasing the risk of an accident happening. So getting rid of those unwanted, unused, expired medications is going to decrease that risk. Um, so we do have a website, meddropbox.org, where families can go and find local lockboxes. Um, but of course, just, you know, why we're here today, the drug take back day on April 24th um, is going to be a great event to get those medications out of your house. I know I do it every time there's one, I'm in line dropping off stuff because I have way too many medications <laughs> that I need to get rid of. You know, and we don't think about how much medications we have at home. And like I said, it doesn't have to be a, a controlled substance. It can be just Tylenol or Advil, or they just expired. You um, don't use it. Your doctor changed medications, and now you stop those, and you're starting something else. Then all of that that you are putting away, keeping, <laughs> you know, it's not safe to have at home. And um, sadly, the way this connects to our water department is that some people just wants to get rid of it. And so um, for a while, the, the recommendation was to flush those medications. And so now we're finding out that that's not a best option. That is not something we want to keep doing. And we need to get rid of those in a way that is safe for the environment and ourselves. So yes, Take Back is scheduled for April 24th. 
There are several locations around the city of Fort Worth, around the nation, but obviously we want to find those that are near our home. And if you go to meddrop.org, you'll find the nearest location to you. I believe the hours are from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Um, or you can always go to the DEA. What is that? Um, um, so the, the DEA, yeah, the DEA website, um, takebackday.dea.gov. Uh, you put in your um, zip code and it will give you the, the closest location to where your uh, event is going to be at. And you're right. The, the event is from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. It's uh, run by our partners in law enforcement. So there will be a police department or a sheriff's office that's actually in charge of the individual sites. But in, in addition to... Um, the site that Samantha had said, we also have a uh, year-round uh, take back that, that we like to push as well. And that's on our deadiversion.usdoj.gov site. That's a lot of words to type in there. We'll but, put it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you... Um, when you go there, there is a, you can search for year round locations because there are a lot of pharmacies that have a permanent drop boxes. And so that will put those in there. Um, our site does not list the uh, police departments that have permanent drop boxes, but there are, are, are a slew of those as well. Uh, and they will take them, they, all of these events, whether it's the pharmacy drop box that you find year round or the police department or our NTBI, they are all anonymous. No one is going to be asking what's in the bag. No one is going to be taking down your name. Nobody's going to be uh, looking at your prescription bottle. You're, you're welcome to black it out. You're welcome to put it in a Ziploc baggie if it makes you feel better. But these, uh, these drugs get collected and then they go up for incineration is how we yeah. get rid of them. So no one's, no one's going through there. Um, Good. And Lisa, we mentioned medications for humans. I understand there's also, you know, they, they take the medications like for pets, correct? Correct. So, uh, you know, just because the, the medication is being given to your dog or your cat, it is, they, they, they have pain as well. They're, they're on painkillers. They're on they're Some of them are on the exact same medication that you would get prescribed from your doctor. So if you need to get rid of your animals, pretty any, any pill capsule, uh, even a, a liquid, as long as it's in a, a sealed bottle where it's not going to leak out, uh, that's in your medicine cabinet, we will take, we would much rather have it and take it up for incineration than again, have it being abused on the streets or dumped into the uh, water system. Yes. And I know, um, since we've been in COVID uh, restrictions, I know that those locations where they're taking the medications are also um, practicing those safe distances and the mask and everything. So um, if I was to bring the medication for my parents, uh, they're of age and obviously they have a lot more medications at home than I do um, because they don't want to expose themselves. Is, am I gonna be in trouble for traveling and with those medications? Oh, absolutely. absolutely not. No, 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 no. Um, any, any caregiver can bring their, the, the medication from their, their household or their parents' household. Um, the whole intent is, again, to, to get it out of the medicine cabinets and safely dispose of it. Good, good. 
And then, Samantha, I guess a question for you. Can you tell us exactly what can I bring? Um, and is there something that I should do before I bring those medications? Do I prepare my meds? Should I remove the information, personal information that's in the bottles? What do you suggest for people to do? We always recommend if you are disposing of any medication, whether it's, you know, at home, because that's, if there's not a DEA take back day scheduled, or if you find for some reason, like you mentioned COVID and, and people still wanting, you know, that social distance, um, other ways that we recommend of recommend disposing of those medicines are putting them in things that aren't desirable. So for example, old coffee grounds, um, putting those medications in the old coffee grounds or in um, you know families that have cats that clean out that litter box to put those in the you know the litter box that you've cleaned out before you throw away. Um, being undesirable to others, whether it's animals or other people to find those medicines so they don't get in the wrong hands. Um, but when you do that, we definitely recommend on the bottles to take off that personal information and kind of shred that. Um, so there's not identifying information. I know Lisa mentioned that that may be, you know, different for the, the DEA take back day. Um, so that's why I definitely say that for if you're disposing of them, you know, in the trash um, or at, at the um, regular schedule or the um, permanent drop boxes, that's what I'm looking for, the permanent drop boxes to just take that personal information off um, just for their own safety. You know, I remember at one, one of those um, events where we were just taking people's medications to then turn it over to authorities. And a lady, I mean, you hear so many sad stories of uh, patients passing and leaving just tons of medications for someone else to get rid of. And we, um, there was this lady who brought just the big jug of, you know, the pickle jars, the big, I don't know, 50 or 60 gal um, ounces of, uh, of uh, just a big jar. And, and she was telling us, you know, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know whether I needed to combine everything and get rid of the, um, the containers, just put everything in one. And that's what I did. And so she just brought a big jar with and what looked like candies. Okay. Oh my God, it was just so sad. Her story was that her daughter had just passed away from cancer and she had left so much. And I mean, you could tell it was a lot of um, colorful um, medications. And she said, I have other children at home and I just don't want this to get in their hands in any way or fashion. Um, so is this okay to bring? And of course we took that in, but it was just so heartbreaking to know um, the suffering that she was going through um, and she still had to bring all those medications to us and, and smart lady too, she didn't want this at home. Absolutely, absolutely, because that's, um, you know, when you've got a, a child with a chronic illness that's taking regular medications, we often leave them out on the counter so they can, you know, easily access them. However, siblings and younger siblings are watching the older sibling take this medication and they don't know the difference. They don't understand um, to, you know, that that's only for that child or that's, you know, that's not for them to take. And so that's where it kind of comes back to like, Keep them locked up, keep them away, get rid of them, take them to these take back days when you don't need them anymore because it's limiting the access to 
others, whether it's other children or grandparents or just others in the community who, who don't need to get their hands on these medications. Exactly, exactly. And then we have the environmental, I was talking a little minute ago about how it affects the water department and it affects the our water department and just any other water department in the nation because just like any other wastewater treatment plant in the nations, at, in Fort Worth, our wastewater treatment plant is not equipped to remove these kinds of chemicals. Most of the process is organic. So when you add a chemical to it, we don't have the ability to remove chemicals from the water. So we ask everyone to think about it. You know, before you flush, think about it. You know, it's just the drive away, <clears throat> um, very easy. Now you just have to drive through, just like you go to a fast food restaurant, drive through, drop your meds and no questions asked, no other requirement of, of that person dropping off the medication. So think about it when you, when you are trying to get rid of those medications. Also, a lot of people tend to throw that in the trash. And I know for our, our, co our friends at Code, which uh, deal with the uh, soil contamination, they don't like that either because it eventually is going to sip out and contaminate our soil. So there's the, the uh, safety for humans, but then there's also the environmental issue that we may face um, if we were to flush or throw this in the trash. Obviously, if we don't have another option, then like you said, Samantha, put, in a, put it in a container with something that is not, um, it's not a good thing to eat <laughs> or to have around that we don't like, and then mix it up and, and, and dispose of that that way in the trash. Um, any other thing that you think I'm forgetting that should be mentioned? So, um, no, I, the, the, the only thing that I would, I would say is that, you know, again, both NTBI and the uh, permanent drop boxes that you see out there, they, the, the permanent drop boxes are becoming more and more prevalent in your, in your local pharmacies and in your police departments. You literally, you, you do the same thing. You, you walk in and you put it into a permanent drop box. You're not handing it over to anyone. Nobody's looking at it. It's you, you socially distance. Um, a, a family member can take it to the permanent drop box as well. So I would, I would highly recommend using those uh, options. I, I, I agree with Samantha, worst case scenario, you know, mixing it with something, but that is truly, truly worst case scenario. There are so many uh, good options out there to, to dispose of these products. And a lot of the pharmacies actually sell um, these specific uh, bags, like uh, they're called Zotera bags and um, mail bags that you can mail things back to uh, companies that actually are destroy the drugs. Um, so yeah, I, I would check with your pharmacies and stuff first. Absolutely. That's a great point, Lisa. So we are finding some of, you know, our more royal areas that don't have access to the drop boxes or don't have a terminate drop box. They're, you know, further out and they don't get these kind of notifications. You know, they may not listen to, to this great podcast because they're nowhere near Fort Worth. Um, those are ones that we, you know, do tend to throw them away. But what we're learning is a lot of our partners now, several fire departments, 
have the bags where you mail them in. So they're not a permanent Dropbox location, but you can go to that fire department and say, hey, do you have this bag? Or they've got it on you know, the side of the building where you just pull it out, put your meds in and drop it in the mailbox. Um, those are definitely easily accessible. And, and we're hoping to get a good list of those starting as well, because those are a greater resource as those permanent drop boxes is to just get them out, mail them and get rid of them. Great. Well, thank you so much for participating. We encourage everyone out there that is listening to us to participate on the next Take Back event, which is April the 24th from 10 to 2. And if you go to any of those um, uh, websites that we have mentioned and we'll add in, in our podcast description, uh, you can go in there and find the nearest to you. Um, if you do not want to wait, you can also check those websites for um, year-round um, locations where you can go and drop them off as well. No charge, no questions, just bring them in and we'll take them and, and incinerate them. Thank you so much. <laughs>